Hello and welcome to Look Down There. I'm your host, Michelle Lamore. And today, my very first guest is a woman that I have known for quite some time. She came to me through my burlesque school in Chicago and has been singing and dancing and producing beautiful events throughout the Chicagoland area. But she also day works as an esthetician and she has been waxing and vulvascaping for many years. And I thought, who better to talk to first than the lovely Miss Brooklyn Riches. Welcome, Hi, Brooklyn. Hi, thank you. Hi, thank you for being here. So I will tell you, um, and people might find this surprising, as I am a burlesque performer who wears very tiny little G-strings and pusties, as I like to call them. Um, I've never been waxed. <laughs> I, <laughs> I have always just shaved and um, I've never um, had, well, the time, truly, the time to grow my hair out in order to get waxed, and, but also the courage. Um, there was one time where I got up enough courage because I thought, okay, it's long enough. Let me go try it. Um, so I get in there, I put on the little paper undies and she comes in and she's like, no, <laughs> she's like, it's not long enough. And I was like, well, that's the end of that. That's never happening again. Um, and ironically during this pandemic, I've had so much time to grow my hair out. I have a full on pandemic bush, which I am really enjoying. Um, but tell me more about like what happens in a waxing for those of us that haven't waxed before. Okay, so let me preface this by saying uh, what I do uh, kind of goes beyond just waxing. I, I do different kinds of hair removal. Um, I do sugaring and I do waxing, which are just- Wait, what was the other one? Sugaring. Sugaring, okay. Probably one of the oldest forms of hair removal uh, where you actually use sugar to remove the hair. Uh, it's like a sugar pasty kind of thing. Um, but, so yes, it doesn't surprise me that what happened to you happened to you because it has happened to me over the years, plenty of times when people say, oh my gosh, I, it's ready. I need to come in, I need to get waxed, and they come in and there's absolutely nothing that I can do because there's no hair for me to grab onto. Um, generally, I tell people, when you're going to get waxed, if you've been shaving, give yourself a solid two weeks of hair growth. Now, despite what most people think two weeks looks like, I know what two weeks looks like, and if you come in after a week, I'm gonna know. <laughs> <laughs> that you haven't waited two weeks. Two weeks is about, uh, I'd say about a quarter inch of hair growth, which is what I say the length of about a, a grain of rice. Um, when you come in, if you're going to get a bikini done, generally I'll give you the paper underwear, like you said. Um, if you're going to do a Brazilian, I just have you undress from the waist down. Um, I lay people on a kind of a massage table that's covered in paper, just like you would be at a doctor's office. Um, I give you a towel to cover up with just for modesty reasons when I open up the door if somebody happens to be out there. 
Um, and then through the process of it, um, it's, you know, if I'm doing waxing, it's one way. If I'm doing sugaring, it's another way. And I just determine that based on the type of skin you have, the type of hair you have, what experiences you've had in the past, so on and so forth. So I imagine you get very intimate with people pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's, you know, at this point in my career, I don't recognize it. I think it's probably the equivalent of a doctor coming in and, you know, analyzing something that you think is weird, but of course the doctor is like, I, this is kind of every day for me. You know, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. Um, you know, so yeah, I get pretty personal with my clients, which is probably why I've had, uh, why some of my clients are my best friends, uh, why I've lived with um, one of my clients who is now a best friend of mine. Um, and I have long, long-standing relationships with them. I've, I've gone to, to people's houses when they've been on bed rest for uh, pregnancy. I've done their waxing on their own bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, yeah, you build a relationship with somebody who's looking at your lady bits or male bits or whatever bits um, yeah. on a pretty regular basis. So, yeah. And how, like, what's the dynamic there? Do you feel that people feel pretty self-conscious? Um, do you kind of have to ease their concerns about being seen? Um. Yeah, it's, it really is dependent on the person. I think the first time that I see them, there's always some sort of nervousness that happens. Um, either they're overly confident and they're just ready to take their pants off as soon as they walk in the room, or they're super ner nervous and they need me to walk through every little detail of what's going to be happening. Um, and it, it's fine either way because I understand. I've been getting waxed for 15 years now, 15, 20 years now. And I, I mean, sometimes that, that nervousness doesn't go away. I mean, it's a, it, it's a... I mean, it's an intense physical experience. I would physical experience. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't <laughs> think it hurts any less, right? I don't know. Do you build up calluses or something? Um, no, no, I don't think that you build up, you don't build up calluses, but there are things that can, uh, that you can do to actually reduce that amount of pain. I will say the people that I see on a regular basis and by regular basis, I mean, every four weeks. So, uh, a little background with your hair, um, your hair grows on four week cycles. So let's say during the pandemic, you haven't waxed, you haven't shaved, you haven't done anything, and you've got this full bush, right? When I wax you, I'm going to take the hair out by the root. When it comes back out, it's going to feel a lot less abundant than it did when you came in. So in the next four weeks, you're only going to get one hair growth cycle that comes through. So it's going to feel lighter, it's going to feel softer, um, and it's gonna feel less dense. The next time you come in, in that four weeks afterward, um, it's gonna feel less painful because I'm not gonna have to pull out as much hair each mm -hmm. time. Yeah. 
So what are some of the reasons that people come in to get waxed? Do you find that they're usually doing this for someone else or that they feel they truly feel more comfortable being waxed? Um, it's kind of a trick question. I, I think that a lot of, a lot of my clients come in for themselves. That being said, I think that if our society were a little more accepting of more abundant hair, women, the women that I see, um, and I, I, I'm going to speak right now to, to just the women that I see, um, but the women that I see would probably feel less like they need to come in as often if it were less of a societal norm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting what we decide, like what hair is appropriate wear. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Um, upper lips, armpits, bush, legs. You know, it's like the only hair that we really want to have is hair on our head right. um, and like the perfectly shaped brow. Oh, right. absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And long lashes that, mm-hmm. you know, cause titles. Yes, those are the acceptable hairs. <laughs> right. Right. And who um, made those rules? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I could honestly talk about this topic all day. It's, it's really fascinating to me. Um, the reasons why people choose to come in, uh, I, it, you know, I can speak to my own personal experience. Um, when I started getting hair removal done, um, getting waxing, um, I was just doing the bikini and I went to uh, a guy that was in town that was kind of the, the Brazilian king and I went to him and I wanted just a regular bikini and he was like, no, you're getting a Brazilian today. <laughs> I was like, okay. He's like, let's, you know, let's just try it out. See how you like it. The difference for me as far as um, comfort uh, was, it just was nice. It felt really smooth. It felt really clean. Um, so I kept it up. I definitely have gone through periods where I wax more than others, but yeah. Yeah. Yes, everybody has their own reason. Mm-hmm. Um, so how, like, what is the youngest person that you've waxed before? I'd say the youngest person that I've waxed is probably, um, maybe 13, 14. Oh my goodness. That's so young. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Okay. So yeah. there's really not like an age limit or age requirement. No, there's not an age requirement. As far as seeing a client that is that young, I do require a, um, a parent to either be present or to give consent for that to happen mm-hmm. um, for so many different reasons. This young woman was in, uh, she was a swimmer and she found that shaving was um, too rough on her skin so waxing was an option for us to try yes yeah i do understand um the ingrown hair situation can be very intense Mm -hmm. um for me i've had like some really bad 
<clears throat> bad instances where I've, I've had to call off shows. I've had to not perform because I couldn't even walk. It oh. was so, I mean, I'd be walking around the house like a cowboy, <laughs> you know, cause I just, it was so bad. Um, so do you have any tips on how to prevent um, those ingrown hairs or what to do when they pop up? Absolutely. Um, so if it, it, as far as prevention goes, I recommend for anybody who is shaving or waxing that they exfoliate in between um, whatever they're doing. And you can do exfoliating mitts, you can do an exfoliating um, kind of cream or gel, um, body wash, something like that. But just as long as you're exfoliating on a regular basis. What happens uh, when you get an ingrown hair generally is that if you think of this as the surface of your skin and this is the hair, right? Like, so normally it would just kind of come through the skin, right? Um, when you're waxing, you wax the hair at the follicle, you take it out at the follicle. When it comes back out, it's a baby fine hair. If you have a lot of dead, dry skin cells that are laying on the surface, mm -hmm. it's hard for the baby fine hair to come through. So sometimes what happens is it just starts to curl underneath. Um, and then your body starts to try to fight that and to fix the problem. So it sends a bunch of um, white blood cells there to fix it. And then that's what forms those lumps. If you have one, my biggest recommendation is to leave it alone. Try to let it come to the surface um, on its own. Otherwise, you're gonna exacerbate the problem. You can rupture it underneath and it can actually spread bacteria underneath causing way more problems. You can also spread bacteria on the surface causing more to form as well. So as, as much as you can leave it alone, leave it alone. Yeah, yeah. I, I just took to using hot compresses because it was just, I don't, there was nothing to do. It was so, so bad, um, yeah. but been pretty good here during the pandemic um, yeah, and, and hot compresses the that's exactly what i would yeah. tell somebody if they have something that's really inflamed um that doesn't seem like it's coming to the surface i would put just a hot compress on that keep doing that every day until the swelling goes down yeah, yeah. So as this show is all about looking down there and about reducing the shame of vulva ownership, mm -hmm. um, I have two questions for you. One, um, how often or can you remember the first time that you looked at yourself? And two, do your clients look at themselves or do you encourage them to you know, look at themselves before they leave? And how is that reaction? Um, I do remember looking at myself, but I think that I did it so often. I can't tell you the specific time or when, but I was always very curious about what was going on down here. Um, and I mean, I remember sitting on the floor and looking in a floor mirror and just being like, wow, what is, uh, what is all of this? What's this for? What does this do? Why do I have this? Why does this look like this? Um, as far as encouraging clients, it, it depends. Uh, I, when I first started doing bikinis and Brazilians, I, I 
it definitely was probably more part of my practice that I would hand them a mirror afterwards and have them look and tell me how everything looked. Um, kind of as I'm just more seasoned and used to doing it every day and seeing a lot of the same clients over and over, unless they have specific questions, I don't generally give them a, a mirror. Um, but if I do say something like, do you want me to take all the hair off of your labia? And they say something like, what's my labia? I'm definitely handing them the mirror and I'm going to show them what each part is. Um, I think it's so important. How do we, how do we not know these things at wow. this point? Yeah. Know? Wow. That's so important. So you're, you're giving them basically an anatomy lesson oh. at, at whatever age. I assume these are grown women at, at this point who have not seen their labia or know what their labia is. Grown and very educated women, women that we would be friends with, that you would know and love, and you would think that they would know about their own anatomy. Um, but it's just, you know, we skim past that in, in school. We don't focus on those things. And I think it's, it has become such a, a shameful thing to talk about, um, that they, they're just like, oh yeah, I'll go in, you do the thing. I don't have to look at it. I don't have to talk about it. And then I'll go home. I'll be clean. I'll be, you know, hair free. And yeah. And that, you know, that makes me think that they're doing this for somebody else and that they're not really invested or care too much about what they look like, what's going on, getting to know themselves in an, in an intimate way, whether it be for pure pleasure um, or actually like medical prevent prevention. Um, yeah. We're so concerned about looking normal and are we normal? You know, have people asked you that before? Do I look normal? Is this normal? Oh, absolutely. I, I One thing that really shocked me, uh, my mom has, I grew up in the beauty industry. You know, she's, um, you know, I learned a lot from her growing up. She never made me feel shameful of my body. So at 60 years old, when I gave her a, a kind of head to toe waxing per her request, I was so shocked at how embarrassed she was for me to see what she was like. It's so ugly. It's it. It really it broke my heart. I. And I, I thought, wow, I, I mean, you're, it's so normal. There's nothing different about you than any other woman that I've ever seen. Um, any other person that I've seen come in, I, I, you know, we're all so different. And I think that we don't know that we don't hear that enough. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're always, we're, we're kind of conditioned to compare ourselves to each other all the time. I mean, comparing 
you know, what we look like, what we're wearing, um, what our income is, what our house looks like, whatever, the list goes on and on and on. So of course we're going to be comparing what our vulvas look like. And, you know, we were talking earlier that if you're not in a relationship with a woman, um, or a vulva owner, you're not, you're not really exposed to vulvas unless you're watching porn and you know there's a that's not an an accurate representation of what is going on in the world right from top to bottom (laughs) porn is not a good representation of right of our of our real lives yeah well i will say you know i'm not i'm not gonna i'm not gonna put this out there and say everybody should should date women or everybody should date somebody with a vulva I will say it was the most enlightening thing for me. Uh, it really made me so much more comfortable with my body mm-hmm. um, when I started dating women because I suddenly saw, I was like, oh my gosh, other women look like that. Other women smell like that. Other women feel like that. Or, it, you know, things that I was always so caught up in because I was comparing myself to the only thing that I knew, which was pornography. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, there are just so many standards in pornography that they've created that make that so less than reality. Um, I have this kind of joke when people come in and they'll say something about their vulva and, and I'll say like no you know this is neat this is pristine this this is a porno vagina I always call mine a party girl because I always say that she's just like out there like trying to visit everybody you know she's not neat and you tight. are a party girl you, you, yeah you make friends real easily <laughs> I will say uh she matches my my personality very much um she's not trying to stay in the lines she's she's out there having oh, yeah. fun oh yeah i'm bold i am, <laughs> I am bold I, there's you know pretty aggressive yeah I mean, i've seen i've seen some vulvas that definitely would be like drinking tea and they would see my party girl walk by and they would be just like aghast uh but you know, but one of one of my closest friends um, had said to me, you know, we were talking about a partner that she was with and she was really worried because she said, you know, my she said, I, I'm so embarrassed about this. I can't believe I'm telling you about this. But, you know, one side of my labia hangs down a little lower than the other. And I said, girl, just tell him to get on that side. I was like, that's just the more to suckle on the right than it is on the left. I was like, who cares? Embrace that part. Make that, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we're we're totally disconnecting from a part of our body that's like so magical and amazing. And we're so concerned about our appearances, um, not so much for the male gaze, but also for each other. 
um, we're, we're so judgmental of each other and, um, constantly comparing ourselves to each other. And it doesn't really leave a lot of room for self-love, self-discovery, self-exploration. Um, you know, if there's a, if there's a part of your body that you've never even seen, how can you love yourself as a whole? You know, it's like, that's, that's, we have to look directly at it. Right. Yeah. I have a, a client that I've seen for years and she came in one day and she told me that she was um, going to be going in for surgery. Um, and I said, oh, well, um, what, you know, for what? She, she told me that she found a lump on her labia. And I asked her, I said, oh, wow, how did you even know that that was there and she said well i was masturbating one night and and the the fact that she would feel so comfortable to tell me about that it made me feel like i was doing it's going to make me emotional <laughs> but made me feel like i was doing something right to to let my clients know that they were in a safe space that not only could they tell me anything about what was going on in their lives, but, you know, if they had something that was very personal like that, that they could share that with me. Masturbation isn't something that we, you know, that a lot of us don't even talk to our friends about, uh, let alone someone that we see once a month, um, you know, for 15 or 20 minutes. Um, so, you know, I feel like letting letting women know that we're able to talk about that to each other, or letting each other know that we're able to talk um, about those things, and and being okay with that. Um, you know, it it's really nice because how how else are you going to find those things? <laughs> you know, I, yeah, I'm. Brene Brown talks about shame all the time. And she says that speaking shame decreases its power. And I live by that. I think the more that we can talk about these things, the better and the, the stronger and more empowered that we'll feel and the more love that we'll have for ourselves. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, I so appreciate you being with me here today in Brooklyn. Um, do you have anything else to add before? Um, I don't. I, I mean, I guess I would just say, do look down there. If you have questions, ask. Um, and, and, and don't feel, don't feel ashamed uh, to talk about those things with, with other people because it's very likely that we're all going through very similar experiences. And the only way to know that is to share those experiences with each other. Yes, we are not alone. We're never alone. And thank you for doing the work that you do and being an advocate for women's health and comfort and self-love. And thank you for bringing all of this uh, to a much more public forum because I think that this is something that more more people need to be talking about on a regular basis. Agreed. Thank you. Thank you. So you can 
follow at Brooklyn Bridges on Instagram and stay tuned for her shows, you know, whenever that starts to happen or perhaps book an appointment with her in Chicago. You can also follow me at Michelle Amore on Instagram as well for upcoming shows and classes. My next class is Pussy Confidence beginning on January 9th. If you'd like more information about that, visit michellelamore.com slash PC. And make sure that you follow us on Instagram at I Look Down There or check out our website, lookdownthere.com. And if you have a story to share, go ahead and drop a line. I'm Michelle Lamore, and I'm reminding you to grab a mirror and look down there.